I talk to a lot of fresh graduates from college and they're like, we want to do marketing as a role, not sales. So there's this whole bias or image that sales is difficult. Sales is for men. Sales is uh, a profession where you need to be a, to be very aggressive. You need to push your prospects and follow up. You need to work odd hours. It's not safe because you would go to offices of different clients and meet people who you never know and things like that, right? So there's a whole societal taboo around the profession of sales, which I feel is very, very wrong. Hi there. Welcome to On The Flip Side, a podcast for anyone who wants to live their best sales life. We're going to be talking to buyers, sales managers, STRs and A's about things like what does it take to be a great sales manager or how can you go home happy month after month? So let's dive right in. Hey everyone, you're listening to On The Flip Side with Wingman. I'm Kushal and today's show is dedicated to all things women power. And that's why I'm so excited to learn more from our guest for today's show, Kasturi Das Talakdar. Kasturi is the senior sales leader and currently director of business development at WhatFix, a digital adoption platform. Kasturi has been a salesperson throughout her career and has helped large enterprises in their technology adoption and digital transformation journey. She is also a diversity champion and is associated with nonprofit organizations who work in the corporate diversity and inclusion space. Kasturi, so great to have you on the show. It's a pleasure, Kushal. Lucky to have you be on this. So Kasturi, to get started, maybe you could tell us a little bit about your journey and how you really got into B2B sales. Sure. I think it wasn't planned. Uh, it happened by accident and I and I love what happened after that. So I started off my career being an engineer like most of us uh, today in the tech space and the SaaS space are, right? I, I was a mechanical engineer. I, I passed out, got into an automotive company, started off as an R&D engineer, but I think that's what I did for the first three months and then moved on to sales. Started off with automotive program management and automotive sales. Moved on to do my master's in business administration. And that's when um, the whole interest towards making lives of customers or end users better creeped in, right? Moving on, I think early in college, we were all confused between marketing roles and what is the difference between a marketing and a sales role per se. But luckily from campus, I got placed with an organization that directly moved me to Dubai and uh, I landed in Dubai not knowing anything about B2B sales. Given the situation, it, it's, it's a country in the Middle East. I being a lady started off my career as a field sales account executive, absolutely with no background, no understanding of how the whole B2B sales works. So I would say that was a boon in disguise. Uh, because the first two, three months of being in Dubai was the steepest learning curve that I ever had in my started from learning the technology, started from learning what is B2B sales, because most of the B schools today in India do not touch upon B2B sales. Everything that we're taught in sales is basically about uh, the B2C or the retail part of it or the consumer goods part of the business, right? So I think uh, it was a great learning for me, getting to know technology, getting to know how B2B sales works and then learning and fine tuning the nuances of negotiation, of prospecting, of cold calling, of writing emails and follow ups and demos and all that. So I think a very, very interesting start to my career and I'm very thankful to 
everybody who's been a part of that journey because I did receive a lot of mentorship from within the company and within the ecosystem there. But of course, like, like I said, it was a Middle Eastern country, not too many women in field sales. And I was 24, I think, when I landed there with absolutely no experience. And uh, my prospects would just look up at me and say, hey, are you sure you're here to pitch something? Uh, do you understand technology? Do you understand what SAP as, a, as an ERP even does for us? So there was always this first 15 minutes with a prospect who maybe had 20-25 years of experience, I would be in a listening mode and they would tell me a lot about how they've had interactions with other salespeople, what they've done, how their careers have been. So I think uh, that was also a good thing. I learned a lot and I knew exactly what to say in my next meeting. So that's how my sales career started. From there, I think it was never looking back. I was in Dubai for about two years, successfully managing UAE as a country and uh, did some additional roles like strategic alliances, channel managers. I did a few marketing roles within the company as well, where I was leading campaigns and events for the company in the region. And uh, yeah, gave me a holistic knowledge and approach about everything that goes to build a successful sales pipeline. Post that, I moved on and uh, came back to India and then the whole SaaS product uh, market opened up and I was with Akamai and then moved on to be with Watvix. So I think so far to cut short, been a very, very interesting journey from a novice, not knowing anything about sales to learning sales, doing it successfully, then managing a team, growing a team and scaling a team today. I think I am very happy with whatever support I've received. It has its own challenges, but yeah, incredibly happy with whatever it has happened. So, so it's great to kind of, you know, understand where you started off with. It sounds like there was a lot of learning really upfront during your career, right? And I can only imagine how strong that must have made you over time. So if I was to maybe ask you about what are some of the things that, you know, you wish you knew when you first started out, what would those be? I think I didn't know anything. So I wish I knew something about uh, the basics of B2B sales. And that's, that's uh, something I keep giving as a feedback to a lot of colleges, to a lot of B-schools, to a lot of institutions as well, that our curriculum does not cover any aspect of B2B sales at all. And that's something that I felt once I started off my career. So learning from peers, learning from mentors, very, very tough. So that that's my top thing. Maybe I wish I knew more about how B2B sales works. I wish I knew how the technology sales piece of things also works, right? How do you cold call? How do you prospect? What is a cold call in the in the, in the first place? So those basics, if, if I would have known, would have made my journey very, very easy. I spent about 18 hours a day just to ensure that I was doing justice to what I was entrusted with. So yeah, it was a tough phase, but I think, yeah, like you said, made me stronger over time. So Kusturi, besides, of course, you know, the things around cold calling, etc., any of those technical skills that you really wish you knew more of, what challenges do you think did you face as a woman in sales, um, both in the Middle East and also once you came back? Do you think that the journey was steep? It's a yes and a no both. I'll tell you the yes part why yes, uh, of course. The geography that I started off was difficult. But even in India today, sales is not seen or anticipated like a career. And I think I started off eight years back. Even today, that stands. I talk to a lot of fresh graduates from college and they're like, we want to do marketing as a role, not sales. So there's this whole bias or image that sales is difficult. Sales is for men, 
sales is uh, a profession where you need to be a, to be very aggressive you need to push your prospects and follow up you need to work odd hours it's not safe because you would go to offices of different clients and meet people who you never know and things like that right so there's a whole societal taboo around the profession of sales which i feel is very very wrong and in 2020 2021 we're way past the 21st century mark as well i think we should be understanding that this is a profession where we have have equal opportunities for men and women and it is not as bad as it has been portrayed to be so yeah i think uh, those were the challenges and of course when i came back to india i was doing us sales so i was doing night shifts that was again a big big i don't know how to for a lack of better word i think it was a big taboo in in the family as well like not my parents of course but in the extended family people were like oh why are you working night shifts is it a call center do you do tech support and and things that people don't really understand but anticipate out of movies and things that they hear from people yeah that was a a difficult thing to deal with all the time that i spoke to someone who didn't have a knowledge about what i was doing what do you think is the way really um for us to get past some of these taboos right and i think it's a really um interesting point that you brought up it's not just about the resistance that we maybe face as women within the sales community but also kind of in our general community in our extended families and really the image of sales on the whole especially what do you think is the really you know the way out of a lot of this so that you know the next generation of women can really embrace it i think uh, we need to speak more about it we as women sales leaders also don't talk a lot about it and i think this is the first time i've heard a podcast that really wants to talk about this or um, i mean we need to be vocal around this that this is what it is this is how it is and it is not all the things that people anticipate it to be it's just not I, and like i said right it is not as bad as it was when i started off today within the sales community but outside the sales community it is still as bad uh, i i can give you instances from women in my team i can give you instances from freshers in college that i interact with they're just so reluctant to tell their extended families and friends and cousins what exactly they do they want to call themselves consultants rather than business development executives they want to call themselves marketing enterprise consultants or or some fancy title than saying i do sales so yeah i think it's about how our extended society uh, envisions the sales role as that needs to change and i think that will only change if more and more sales leaders talk about it men and women both and uh, that that will bring about the awareness that kasturi you obviously talked about how it's difficult for women especially when they're just starting out in sales right and i think there's still at some point even more women seem to opt out when they're moving towards leadership roles right why do you think this happens and what is really your advice for women who are kind of at the cusp of getting into leadership roles i think the sales community is to be blamed for that to an extent though not always i have seen women opt out because they do not want to handle the numbers pressure or post marriage or post their post having a kid they want to spend more time with family and they do not want to have the stress or the pressure that a sales role brings in which is obviously true but i think it's possible to balance it out right and i've seen a lot of women leaders do it as well so 
a lot to learn from them. That's one reason. Another reason is I'm not sure if it's true in the Western world because I haven't really faced it there, but I have definitely faced it in India and Middle East and the Eastern part of the world where your peers who are men usually feel that women have undue advantage if they're climbing the ladder sooner. Okay. And I'm, I'm so putting it out very bluntly. Exactly. Exactly. So it's, it's, it's very tough. It's not spoken about and um, people will not openly tell you on your face, but you can sense it. Right. And then eventually women who are actually rooting that route would feel, why should I go through all of this stress? Why should I go through all of this politics? Why should I take all of this anxiety? It's better I move on to uh, a different role. So a lot of women you've, you see are have moved in from a sales role to sales enablement. That's, that's a field that's coming up big time. And majority of the people in sales enablement would be women who moved from sales to sales enablement. And that's a trend that I see very often in a lot of companies. And I, I did speak to a few as well, and just not in India, even in the West. And they've said that, yeah, there's just too much politics in, in moving up the ladder. So why do you even want to take that stress for yourself? So it's okay. Just let's just move on to sales enablement, be a leader of sales enablement. That's better. So wow. that's the harsh that's truth. Super interesting sort of take and obviously this is based on your own insights and experiences and observations of how the sales industry is shaping up. I think also on that note, it seems like there must be a large role for the company, you know, the corporates, the leadership itself to play in sort of evening out some of these factors. So what would your advice really be for companies who are trying to even out the playing field for women, especially a leadership position? I think uh, a lot of companies today are talking about diversity. A lot of companies are talking about inclusion, but that is all happening at the hiring front, like hire more women. But is, is that that the end of diversity is that the end of inclusion no not really some companies have gone a step ahead and started building out a culture that is more inclusive that is more diverse and want more women to take up more responsibilities and give them additional uh, opportunities to pick up leadership roles but those are very 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 few right in most companies what happen is if the top management feels or recognizes that, yes, we will only go by merit and we will not go by the gender biases that we usually have. And these are unconscious biases, right? You would not consciously agree that I have this bias. That's, I think, the only way. And that will only come when the top management talks about this issue. They have more open conversations. They talk to other women leaders who are at a CXO level, who've been successful and doing so well. I think the first leader that I spoke to who was a woman was the MD of SAP Meena Hoda Masoor. And I think I had a chance to interact with her very early in my career when I was in Dubai. And she told me one thing. I know you might be facing a lot of challenges being a woman in sales. I started off 30 years back when there wow, was not a single... Yeah, there was there wasn't a single woman on the field as a sales representative. And uh, the only way to go through all of this is to believe in yourself. You do not pay heed to whatever everyone else is talking, whatever everyone else is perceiving. You do your best. You ensure that your intent is good and you do your best. And that's that's what will get you to where you want to be. Right. So I think I've carried that message with me every time something went wrong, every time I felt a little low. And yeah, I think that works. But uh, I think it's a collective responsibility that all of us today have that we need to make 
things easier. We need to make it more fair. We need to make it more diverse and inclusive in the true ethos of it, not just hiring more women, right? We need to hire more women and in the leadership positions. And I think that's the way it's going to change. I think that's a really great message and a great philosophy for Suri to kind of, you know, keep with us as we hopefully move up the ladder. You also talked about how it's important for each one of us to really help each other and for this change to really become permanent, right? What would really your advice be for, you know, folks to really become better allies? Because a lot of us want to do better for our colleagues, but we just don't know how. So how can people really become better allies? I think you just need to be authentically truthful uh, when you're asked for feedback. You should actually say what you feel rather than thinking of what your feedback would be perceived as. Right. I, I see a lot of feedback coming in for my team. And then when I speak uh, of the feedback in my 101s, I, I get a different sense. So, OK, I ask people, why did you write this when you didn't really feel it? Because everybody else was writing it. So I think these are things that we, we should be blaming ourselves for. And I think the best way to make it easier for women in sales is for women to support more women, hire more women, train more women, enable them, give them the opportunity to pick up more, build new leaders in, in, in the leadership uh, sales roles who are women. I think I am happy that I today have so many women in my team who are happily doing sales and I also have women leaders in the team and I want to do more because I feel that women carry a lot more empathy and empathy is a very very important skill set that is required in a profession like sales because you're solving problems for somebody else if you don't really understand the problem at a personal level or if you're not invested in a problem your sale basically becomes very transactional and I don't say that men don't carry empathy but in if you go by a survey, women carry more empathy and I think they would do much, much, much better if given the level playing field in sales as well, right? Kasuri, this has been a super interesting and engaging conversation and I'm sure whoever's listening in will really get a ton of insights and a ton of inspiration really to go about their sales career path, which kind of takes me to one of my last questions, which is really what's the number one impact that you would like to drive on the world? I think I would like to enable more women uh, to become confident and take up roles that they really want to do and not go by pressure from family or society or peers and anything, right? Just not sales, even if they want to take up marketing or any other role that they would want to. I think they need to be confident of their skill sets. And if anyone wants my help in doing that, I'm always happy to do that because I did not really have the mentorship I needed when I started off. Which actually brings me to maybe what is my second, which is my actual last question, um, now that you've talked about it. How can really people make the most of mentorships, right? Like a lot of us talk also about trying to find mentors. Today, thankfully, I think people are much more open to mentoring folks as well. But if you're someone who's seeking mentorship, how can you make that relationship work for the mentor as well? I think you just need to ask for it because people who want to mentor folks would not know who really needs the help. So if you need the help and if you really think that this person can help me, Please don't hesitate. Just go out there and ask for help. Just raise your hand and say, I need help. And it can be anyone within your organization. It can be someone outside the organization as well. And uh, sometimes people might not respond. Sometimes you would not uh, get a positive, but I'm sure if you keep trying, you will 
find a lot of people who are open to helping you. And because we are on this platform, I would just like to keep this up that I am open to mentoring and I would like to help people who need it. So if anyone wants to reach out, please reach out on LinkedIn and I will definitely respond and reply. I today mentor about 16 people who are not from the organization and it's something that I really enjoy and want to keep doing. Kasturi, thank you so much. I think this has been an incredible conversation and really so inspiring for so many of us. Thank you so much for joining me on the flip side. Thank you so much, Kushal.